everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Woo, it's the best. Yeah, I'm Liam S. Smith. And I'm Nick Ballantyne. Today we watched episode four, Overdrive. I was saying, like, before, that even though it's only been, like, three episodes or four episodes, it already feels like a journey. Yeah, well, there's been, like, a little mini arc. You've had them growing up and, like, Dio becoming a vampire and the whole mansion thing. Yeah, everything's just burning down and everything's happening. It's just, ugh, it's insane. Yeah. So this was... An interesting episode. Yeah, any preliminary thoughts you don't uh, want to share? It's definitely gotten more bizarre. Of course. There, there was The Rock. Yep. Which I was like, why? And there was Jack the Ripper as a zombie. So Yeah, well, you were wondering a couple of episodes ago, like, have, why they had that Jack the Ripper narration, and yeah. then it never really came up again. But we sort of neatly tie that plot thread up in this episode. And now he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> that's why they never caught him. Because <laughs> Dio turned him into a zombie, and then he got punched in the face by sunlight magic. <laughs> Historical accuracy at its finest. Yep. I was reading something about Jack the Ripper the other day. Every now and then there's like the new documentary. It's like, we figure out who Jack the Ripper really was. Last I heard, there were still like six viable suspects. Oh, man. Like, the thing is, when you think about Jack the Ripper in that time period, you never think, oh, we don't know who it was because we just think, oh, it's Jack the Ripper. Yeah. That's who it was. It's that guy, Jack. He rips things. Yeah. Paper. Human flesh. Bodies. Morals. Surgical precision. Yeah. There is a conspiracy theory that he was, like, one of the royals because, you know, people want the royals to be, like, sick, nasty freaks. (laughs) Of course they do. Okay. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yes. Uh, Episode 4, Overdrive. I mean, it's just... We, We open in the aftermath of... Last episode's event. It's been about three days since then, I think, Speedwagon says. Yeah, he's, yeah, three days. He brought Jojo to a building that I'd forgotten what it was, um, but turns out to be a hospital. I thought it was his house. Yeah, because, like, like, Speedwagon had this mansion the whole time. Yeah, I was just sitting there going, oh, so he, that's his house. Okay, cool. So this is something that's elaborated on a bit more in the manga, but they sort of cut for time in the anime. Yeah. Where um, he... In the manga, this is actually like his second visit to go see Jojo, but the first time he's turned away at the door by a mysterious and beautiful young woman. Oh. And then he hops over the fence to get in. (laughs) Because that's how Speedwagon rolls. Yeah. So Speedwagon is all like, Jonathan's probably unhappy because everyone he's ever known and loved has died. So I should go visit him in the hospital and cheer him up. (laughs) Spirit, that's what he needs. I just, there's a certain logical leap there where it's like, yeah, everyone he knows is dead. I'll go bolster his spirits. Yeah. Yeah. It's just me, though. Yeah, the guy that he met, like, three days ago. It's me, Speedwagon, the second to last person who tried to kill him. (laughs) It's like, good work. Good work, Speedwagon. You've just really done well. Opening credits. And then it's just a whole bunch of metaphors from here on out. Well, we were saying in the opening credits that we've sort of passed the most literal depictions of things that have occurred and I think this episode and the next three or four are mostly symbolised by a quick shot of going upstairs while mist swirls. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, like, we saw in all the other episodes something actually happen. I mean, if there's, like, someone going up some stairs with some mist, you know, then it's still pretty literal, but otherwise, uh... <laughs> We also see Jonathan ascending those stairs, yeah. which is, like, symb- symbolising his journey and growth. He hasn't really grown yet, has he? Well, I mean, between episodes one and two, he did. Yeah, that's true. He literally grew there. Yeah. 
But like, you know, like he's going up the stairs, but we haven't really seen him grow up that much. Okay, that's fair. After the opening credits, we got uh, uh, a cr- an ad from Crunchyroll for a uh, lamb that went for 11 minutes and 30 seconds. I mean, okay, here's the thing. No, I think we've mentioned this before. Oh, I wrote Normally. down the title. It was Lamb Secrets with Butcher and Duck. <laughs> Normally we have like the same ad every single time on Crunchyroll. Yeah. But this time, every single ad, or almost every single ad, was different. Yeah, and they were a little weird too. Like, there was, well, twice we got that 11 second tangled platformer ad with no information or purpose. Yeah, just 11 seconds of game footage for a game that we don't know what it's called. Yeah, I thought it was Rapunzel. Well, she's Rapunzel in Tangled. But, like, I just thought it was a Rapunzel game. I was like, oh, look, it's Rapunzel. Well, you can tell because if you looked close, you could see her little lizard friend Pascal on her Uh, shoulder. Ah, right. There was also a... The thing that I thought was how it's made, but it's actually just an ad for National Geographic. Yeah, and like a gas cleaning spray or something. That uses dry ice or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very weird set of ads. Some went for far, far too long. That's half the length of the episode, 11 minutes. Yeah, yeah. 11 and a half minutes is not like a non-significant amount. We learned so much about butchering lamb i mean they cut it in half first and you just go okay cool i'm fully invested but i no no i'm not <laughs> anyway so speedwagon peeks in on jonathan's door because he notices the light is on even though it's like midnight why are you going to visit him at midnight yeah he's a smart fellow he needs his rest he's very burnt and broken well dio's more burnt i guess well i mean dio yeah and there's a there's a, a young woman in there who who has cracked her fingers from cooling his burns for hours on end. Yeah, and it's like all red and chafing, and you're just like... Oh, that w- looks like that would be mildly unpleasant. Yeah, and mildly. <laughs> and then we find out that it's... What's her name? Arena Pendleton. Pendleton. Yes. The only woman in this show. <laughs> Thus far, we've had one woman, and it's all Well, I guess Arena. there was Dario's and George's wives, but they both died off screen uh, pretty quickly. Know, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, so we find out it's her, and then... He's tending to his wounds, and, like, they have a, a touching reunion. Yeah, and it's just, like, so very, very anime. Yeah. <gasps> but I haven't you seen remind you me of someone. Yeah, it's like, you remind me of someone I knew, but I can't say who it is. Of course you can say who it is. Who do I remind you of? Is it me? Is it... Dio? <laughs> and then she pulls her mask off. <laughs> oh, God. Like, the entire, like, show is just... He keeps finding error in a Pendleton, and then it just keeps being Dio. <laughs> Seven seasons of that. Yep. Yeah, so she passes out from exhaustion, and he catches her with his broken arm that is, like... Bandaged up to all hell. And, like, as big as her. Yeah. He is so buff at this point. It's yeah. not humanly possible to achieve that buff. He's like, Wow, Arena, you've really grown up since I last saw you. And she's like, Me? Come on. <laughs> Dude, come on. You are the size of a house. Yeah. And they also have that, uh, that brief moment where, like, she's like, It's so good to see you again. And she just starts tearing up. But her facial expression doesn't change, but, yeah. like, tears just start flowing, just like, flow from her eyes. A lot. And you just go, Yep, this is anime, all right. So she's taking care of him. Uh, Speedwagon's like, That's good. I'm not needed here. And the dub, he says, She makes a better Florence Nightingale than I do, anyhow. What was your plan, Speedwagon? Like, showing up at midnight to hang out with Jonathan, did you bring some some whiskey or something? You're just going to shoot the shit? Or... No, I think he was just going to bring his charm and wit, you know? Okay. He's just like, oh, how you going, buddy? I'll tell you a story of the streets, Master Joestar. See, one time, one time I was on Ogre Street, and there was this rich toff, so I decided to, to pull out my favourite hat, go for a walk, and, uh, and cut his throat and take his wallet. He looked a lot like you. I got three shillings out of that. <laughs> That fed me for a week. A week? 
of three shillings, my god. And a sixpence. I don't know why Jojo didn't want more of Ario Speedwagon in his life. He's just such a clever, clever fellow. <laughs> you always want more Speedwagon. Yeah, he's great. As he leaves, he I think he said he coolly withdraws in the um the subtitle we watched. Yep. This is another Jojo meme. Jojo meme number number four, I wanna say. Okay. Where um another weird translation in the manga had like Speedwagon speedily skedaddles. God damn it, translators. Lift your game. Is that just... Does it keep happening? Speedwagon speedily skidding. No, just the once. Just here. It's another It's another the interfering speedwagon. Oh, God. Poor translations. Always the best. And then, like, he poses outside the hospital with his cane and, and in the dub, he's like, yeah. I dare say old Jojo won't be lacking a reason to live after this reunion. <laughs> Could you be any more subtle than yeah, Speedwagon? Blunt Speedwagon. Yeah, just being like, well, at least he has a reason to live now. My work here is done and just leaves. Yeah, it just fades into the dust. Okay, um, maybe he needs some support though. Nah, he's got a good reason to live now that he yeah. has a woman. I'm gonna go back to my mansion that I probably have. Ugh. Although he is, I mean, he's probably the best friend that he has at this point. Yeah, Dio stole all his other friends by yeah. telling him he was a snitch. True, true. Yeah. Although I guess. In, like, the rugby match, they were both well enough liked. Yeah, but they were also at each other's throats. <laughs> yeah, secretly, though. Yeah, secretly. <laughs> to each other, even. Ooh. I wonder if they both realised the other one didn't like them or they were like, he's such an idiot. I, think, I, d- I hate him. I think Jojo was probably naive until he, like, pieced everything together. Yeah, yeah. But Dio, the entire time, was like, he must love me, the bastard. <laughs> the naive fool. Uh, we have a brief interlude of Dio. He's burnt to shit and in a wheelchair, being pushed along by Wang Chung. Yep. In the streets of London. They stumble upon our friend Jack the Ripper, currently in the process of murdering a woman. Who would have guessed that would happen with no. Jack the Ripper? He he has certain proclivities. <laughs> he has a niche that he fulfills. Yeah. It's his niche. Murdering sex workers. Yeah. Now, if I remember correctly, he's in a very ornate wheelchair. Yeah, I, I didn't really get a good look at it because I was writing. But, uh... one, one could even describe it possibly as oriental. Go on. Well, I mean, you know, he's like, he's in <laughs> Wang Chung's, like... Uh, care at yeah, this point. Yeah, he's pushing him along. So I guess it sort of explains in the we're jumping forward a bit, but like in the ending credits, he looks like he has a whole lot of like stuff that wouldn't necessarily be from ye old London. Yeah, he has like rings and yeah, like and rings and necklaces and neck all that piece. sort of stuff. It feels like Wang Chung's having like a bit of an influence already on where he's headed. Okay, well, I mean, if he's got the power, he'll probably take whatever he wants. Yeah, you know? which makes me wonder like if Wang Chung is going to be a recurring like, higher up dude, like the emperor to Darth Vader. Where Dio's Darth Vader just doing all the bad shit. But the Emperor, Wang Chung, is back there being like, okay, now do this for me. I was actually going to bring this up later because there's an appropriate time. But um, a scene that was cut from the manga in this episode before they go to win Knight's Lot involves a brief fight between Jonathan and Wang Chung in which Jonathan bests Wang Chung, but he doesn't destroy him. Ah, okay. Is there any, like, characterization between them? Does Jojo know who he is? I can't remember off the top of my head. I would imagine he would recognise him as the the medicine seller. The Orient Man. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's the one Chinese guy. <laughs> we have a lot of good things in colonising London. Although colonial days are probably... Are the colonial days over? I mean, the family's still very much in charge. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I don't know. They still call things the Orient. So yeah. It's the old days. So yeah, like, Wang Chung's probably got, like, quite an influence over him at this point. Okay. Interesting, perspe- interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. So, Dio is like... Jack the Ripper, you, like me, are unfettered by morality. 
join me and I'll make you great. And then his eyes flash and he brainwashes him or something. Yeah, now see, this I didn't get because I thought vampires can only, like, charm people. I mean, it never really comes up again as far as I can recall. Oh. God damn it. Alright, never mind. It doesn't matter then. Jack the Ripper kneels in front of Dio and it camera cuts away just before Dio sticks his fingers in his forehead and we get, like, menacing visual sound effects shooting into the London night sky. That's sort of... We've seen that before with um, the kiss, haven't we? Yeah, that happens all the time. It's like a signature of this manga, which they then translated into the anime because it looks cool. Yeah, goddamn right it looks cool. You see, actually, you see a couple of those in the opening um, credits in the background too when Jonathan's walking up the stairs on the walls behind him. You can see, like, very bold kanji katakana. I don't know, it's a mystery. It's Japanese text. Yeah. Meanwhile, the next day, Jonathan and Arena go for a walk. (gasps) The scandal! <laughs> Something's up, because Jonathan looks back and, like, some magician-looking mofo is stalking them. <laughs> I just love that he's like, whoop! Yeah, he's, like, standing there, and he sees they're watching him, so he, he turns and runs behind a bush. In a very subtle and totally not suspicious fashion. Yeah. So this is, as we come to find out, his names are William or Willem A. Zappelli. He's a baron, apparently. Of course. Baron Zappelli. He's, like, the sort of... Van Helsing to Jojo's Jonathan Harker in our right. sort of glam Dracula tale. <laughs> <laughs> the 80s glam with a, Dracula. With a hint of Quincy Morris. We'll get to that in a yeah. few episodes. So many references that I'm not going to get. So if it's not blindingly obvious, his name is a Led Zeppelin reference. What? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, okay. Did not um, get that. Do you know much about Led Zeppelin? I don't. Oh, I do know a lot about Led okay, Zeppelin. I've only re- really heard, like, Stairway to Heaven. Okay. They're not really, like, uh, are they metal? Um, Pseudo-metal? They're, Proto-metal? They're very much rock. But the thing is... Okay, there are two things. One, I play guitar, right? Yep. Anytime you go into a guitarist, yes, like, I area, uh, they always have on the wall written down, do not play Stairway to Heaven or we will kick you out. Because everyone just does it? Everyone wants because to play it's Stairway like... to Heaven. It uses the full octave or something? Is that it? Uh, no, it's sort of like the chord progression just got so famous because that is like the Led Zeppelin oh, song. Oh, okay. I-, I had heard that it uses a wide range of notes so oh, you yeah, can see yeah, how yeah. it is. Yeah, it's like this amazing chord progression that uses every single possible mode you can think of and you're just there going, oh my god, it's beautiful. But at the same time, you just keep hearing it so no often. stairway. Deny. <laughs> Wayne's World. You know, the riff he plays in Rain's World isn't the Stairway to Heaven riff. No, because no, it's not. they couldn't get the right, so it's just yeah. a sound alike. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. Although they still got Queen for that film. Anyway, the other thing is, Led Zeppelin are well known for making the metal sound. Right. So, like, Black Sabbath are always quoted as, like, the first metal band. But Led Zeppelin are sort of well known for having a certain production style of the bass and the drums are sort of together and then the guitars are on top doing their own thing like adding textures and then the singer's just like hell yeah i'm the best very screechy not really screechy so much as like using the back of your throat more than most people would. okay like it's not like operatic singing you know and uh yeah they were very much the rockiest rock band of the 60s okay and they sort of became like proto metal yeah sort of I mean, probably not hugely metal metal, but like songs like The Immigrant Planting Song. Planting the Seeds. Yeah, songs like The Immigrant Song or what, what's it called? Um, Black something. Sabbath. Black, Black Sabbath. They, you know, those are the songs. Uh, yeah, Black I think Country like, Rock. Ooh. I think it's a David Bowie song. Yeah, no. I think it's like Black Dog or something. Those were sort of like metal guitarists love that shit. Namely, I love that shit, but like metal guitarists love that shit. You seem representative of a metal person. Yes. I wear nothing but black. You're made of steel. I am Iron Man, so... But yeah, basically Led Zeppelin was like... Huge. Okay. So it, it's not hugely surprising that someone would be named after Led Zeppelin. Yeah, well actually I have um I have some, some author information on Zeppelli, and this time I have a citation for all of it. Although it's, again, depending on the accuracy of the translation. Uh, this is all from the... Um, there are these 
things called Jojolian, which are like high quality, potentially hardback re-releases of the first three parts. And they each have a page of author notes regarding the character on the cover. Just from the author? Yeah. Or... Oh, okay. So, so it's like Vampire Hunter D, where he like, at the end of it, he writes a little, Hey everyone, this is what I was thinking while I was writing this thing. I don't know, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, he he, um, he says that um, Led Zeppelin were top tier musicians to him, so oh, it's yeah. it was a shoe-in for him to use them as a reference for a name, although he thinks it's a shame he used it so early. Yeah, they. when you think of Led Zeppelin, you don't think some casual sort of on-the-side band. You think, oh yeah, Led fucking Zeppelin. <laughs> Sure. So I'm gonna... I mean, I don't, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it's the... I mean, then again, this guy is, like, the master. Yeah. So, yeah. The thing about Hirohiko Araki, hmm. I think it's the order his name goes in. I get confused with how they translate yeah. Japanese names because they have the family name, then the, the given name. Yeah. Is that he listens to a lot of English language music when he's working because, or at least at the time that he gave this explanation, okay. citation needed, um, <laughs> he doesn't understand English. So it's all just sound to him. Oh. But as a result, he's a lot, he listens to a lot of Western music. But he doesn't understand a single thing that they're saying. Yeah, so it doesn't, infl- it like doesn't impinge on his writing process. Ah. And that's why I think you find a lot of Western musical references in it. Yeah. Even though he doesn't understand anything. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So I've heard. Yeah. I suppose it's sort of the same. If, if you listen to any foreign music, you're just like, this is cool. I don't know what you're saying, but this is cool. Yeah. Like Japanese metal. Mm. Is that a thing? Yeah, well, yes. Do they call it J-Met? Well, you do get... I think it's like K-something? K-pop? No, not K-pop. No, Visual K. That's the one. Okay, what's that? Imagine if JoJo's Bizarre Adventure was just a metal band. So, like, everything's really over the top and really stylized and really, like, flamboyant. Okay. But it's all very beautiful metal. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's I very weird. From, from the very little I've seen, the Japanese live entertainment industry seem to be very heavy on the visual stylization. Yeah, they do like their dance moves. I've seen some Tumblr gift sets. There's this one Japanese um, idol girl. Frequently, at like a public event, she will pull a pose associated with one of the JoJo's, which is probably like a appeal to the nerd fans sort of thing. But Yeah, that's appealing to me, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, other facts about Zapelli. Yes. So apparently the author wanted him to be a sort of semi-comical eccentric mentor figure, sort of in, in the same lines you'd see like a Jackie Chan drunken master or uh, Mr. Miyagi. Okay. He keeps over-peppering his sandwich and yeah. he sneezes and he falls off the off the thing. So yeah. that's the sort of thing they're going for there. So somewhat comical, but very competent. Yeah. Except when you pepper your sandwich. The quote is, subject to translation accuracy, Yep. He may look weak at first glance, but he's actually strong, even though I dressed him like a magician and gave him the moustache of a snake oil salesman. <laughs> Uh, no better could he have ever thought that through. No. Apparently, the moustache was also quite a risky design element at the time, too. So I've read. Why? Apparently, at the time, in shonen manga, uh, moustaches were associated with older characters. And he is older, but he's not that old. Yeah. And also, like, untrustworthy people. Oh! Again, moustache of a snake oil salesman. Yeah. Well, to be fair, that's sort of true of most villains that have moustaches. Yeah, like your snidely whiplashes and your, um... Is that the villain Dudley Do-Right? Who's that? No idea. You know, when you have a moustache, immediately you just go... <laughs> yeah, the Wario. You're just yeah. like, oh, you I wasn't doing a Wario, but that did sound pretty good. Yeah. Uh, apparently, and the moustache's design was inspired by, among others, Salvador Dali's moustache. Oh. I can see that. Yeah. No, that's pretty much... Yeah. Shit, I'm not going to be able to unsee that now. <laughs> we should probably, I guess, if you haven't seen it, he's wearing, like, a white three-piece suit with a red um, waistcoat, and he's got this ha- this really tall top hat. Really, really Black tall. and white checkers on it. It's very strange. It's but... very striking. But it's, it doesn't seem out of place in the JoJo universe. No, no. All the visual styles just keep seeming to, like, 
intertwined with one another and they yeah. all sort of work. At this point, Jojo is wearing like bright blue with some turquoise and stuff. Yeah. Instead of... He wears a lot of sweater vests in this episode. Yeah, he does! And even when he's training, he's wearing a tank top, but the cording on the the neck and shoulders of it makes it look like a sweater vest. Yeah, it's very weird. Even Erin Pendleton has um, a lot of colour on her now. It's just blue yeah, with some white. a lot of blue. Some yellow. Lots sort of soft, peaceful yeah. colours. Yeah, and you're just sitting there going, what is with everything just being on the surface? We've been talking about Zapelli this whole time, but he hasn't done anything in the show yet. Yeah, no, no. Well, he has fallen over. No, no, we haven't even done that yet. Oh, God. Because after he hides behind the bush, Jonathan turns around, and then he's sitting there, salting, uh, peppering and eating his sandwich, and then he sort of jumps and or flies through the sky... And punches Jonathan in the the diaphragm really hard with his pinky finger. Like a boss. And that wins him. And also fundamentally alters the way he breathes so it gives him superpowers. It's just like, there are some things in life that make sense. That is most definitely one of them. Yeah? No. Um, he's like, he's punched him with his picking finger in the diaphragm so hard that it almost went through him. Arena in the dub says, why? He was already hurt, you cad. I need to watch the dub at some point, because it's just... Every time you quote these things, it's just... It's really good. Um, and then uh, he's just, like, there, winded. And then he starts, like, glowing. Yeah, he starts shimmering with a thousand stars around him, and his arm starts healing. Yeah. But my arm! What? And then it just heals. Yeah. I can even lift this rock! Oh, God. And then he picks up this rock. He just picks up a rock, and he's like, what? Like, uh, the look on his face is like... Oh, I can even pick up this rock. I might make what? that the um the the episode post picture for this because yeah, just the way he's just holding this enormous boulder all of a sudden. So beautiful and yet so. Ridiculous. And I was telling you when we we're watching it, I think there are some real perspective issues with the way that panel's drawn in the manga, where like yeah. his hand is way too big and the rock is also therefore much bigger. I love if it's like I can even lift this rock and it's like twice the size of him. You're like, uh, okay. So, Zapelli explains that Jonathan, in fact, healed himself through this new breathing technique. Ooh. In Japanese, it's called Hamon, which is variably translated as Ripple or as Hamon. Right. Um, I have no no dog in that race. I thought it sort of sounded like Harmony, and I was like, is it to do with Harmony? Hamon, the Spanish word for ham. Hamon. I don't mind calling it Ripple, because Mm. that is... Descriptive of the phenomena, as we'll get to. Yeah. But also, like, Zapelli's teaching him, like, this Eastern, essentially martial arts sort of thing at this stage. And, like, we don't call karate what that translates to, which I think is hand or something. I can, I, you know, I can see it working either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Ripple's probably a better description. Just And also, there is, like, an associated martial art that I think is only really mentioned in this episode called Sendo, which is yes. Japanese for... Way of the Hermit or Wizard, depending on how you you slice it. Okay, there's a bit of a difference there, because Way of the Hermit is just staying at home. Like, I do the Way of the Hermit in my life. Have you heard about English lords and the like would hire, like, decorative hermits to live on their land? (laughs) I'm fucking sorry? They what? So, like, if they had, like, extensive lands and they just wanted some life in there, they would have a hermit there. The hermit would be given, I think, a candle, a human skull, and a book. What the- why? human skull for hermiting <laughs> hermitage but like if they just wanted to get a hermit they'd just be like okay we're gonna pay you to live here yeah why in, would in they like a cave a, why would they need to give them a skull like, i guess it looks good for the you know the people you go walking with and you see the local hermit okay the right. hermit was not allowed to speak to the servants and i think would just mutter latin phrases when addressed <laughs> wow wow okay 
th- there are things about that time that I never knew. <laughs> or so I've heard. I mean, I want that to be true yeah, so desperately. <laughs> that is amazing. I take it we're not going to see any hired hermits in Jojo's Bazaar. No. Ah, oh, okay. Unless Spoiler he keeps alert. studying Way of the Hermit. Yeah, the Way of the Hermit, yeah. Okay, so it's like the Way of the Wizard, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Alright. In the dub, when Zeppeli explains that he healed himself, he puts really weird emphasis on it that I don't agree with. He emphasises healed. He says, you healed yourself, Jojo. But it, I really think it should be more, you healed yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's more of an acting choice. Yeah, well, I guess so. And also, it adds to the bizarre nature of how we talk. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so essentially, Hamon, or the Ripple, is breathing in, like, a way that oxygenates your blood with to the point beyond human the capacity. power of the sun yeah i mean you know at this point there's the obligatory praise the sun reference but at the same time dark souls it it sort of makes Zero sense souls. that like if you breathe properly oh my god i would be all over a from soft made that or platinum That'd be incredible. It sort of makes sense that if you oxygenate your blood, you get stronger. Yeah. But at the same time, the shimmering and the magic. <laughs> yeah, the magic. Well, uh, yeah. in this episode, in the the training sequence, essentially, and then it goes away after this, yeah. gradually, Hanlon starts off not grounded, per se. It makes sense. It's... Uh, Sort of Ish. vaguely yoga-y. You do breathing exercises and contort your body in different ways right. to achieve your, your goals. So, like, the technique that Zeppeli uses in their training sequence is the zoom punch, whereby you use Hamon and dislocate your shoulder and stretch your joints so that you can punch at a greater range you would be able to than otherwise mm. and use the Hamon to null the pain. Which makes perfect sense. And then you pop it back in. You just... Put it back in. But then, even by the end of the episode, we have, like, Zapelli shooting globs of Hamon-infused wine to cut a guy. So it very quickly loses that sort of martial arty feel and just becomes generic magic. Yeah. Which, I mean, is fine, because, you know, it never really made a whole lot of sense to begin with, but at the same yeah. time... Well, I think it's interesting to me, because uh, I've talked to you before about how Hamon is around in parts one and two, and then in part three... They, he developed yeah, the concept of the stand. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons he did that, other than just like general market taste changing, is because the ripple becomes so versatilely used that there are no real restrictions on how it can be done. So it's just sort of like a meaningless superpower that can. Yeah. It's like 60s Superman. <laughs> it's just sort of like the guy who cannot do nothing basically. Yeah. So basically at this stage and for with a few exceptions most of part 1 it is just a energy form that can heal you and also you breathe it to create a, the the ripple which flows through your arms or legs and can be channeled through other substances to reach your target. Mm-hmm. As we see later. But there are a couple of other points where, you know, I'm just going to put some ripple in this thing and make it do whatever I want. I'm going to put a ripple in this dog. I don't, I don't want to spoil you because some of them are real stupid. Oh, God. Is it going to be something like, well, I mean, you can't say it, but if it's something like, I'm going to put some ripple into this computer. And you're like, oh, no. Well, it's 1880, so no, but... This magical thing. This typewriter. <laughs> And then it just automatically types stuff up and you're like, why? Honestly, by the end of part two, it is sort of reaching that stage. Oh, no. Okay. Well, all right. So then, good old Led... I was about to say Led Zapelli. Good old Zapelli, upon punching Jojo in the face, uh, unveils the secret of his power. And then he's all like, I'm going to teach you. Watch me punch this frog. (laughs) Yeah, he goes to punch a frog and then his ripple goes through the frog. Yeah, well, first he stands in the water. Oh, the magical ripples. Yeah, and like he breathes in a really exaggerated fashion. I assume he's just doing this to show Jojo because he's like really... (gasps) But for the rest of the time, it's just, I'm breathing, so I got my hammer. Yeah. 
He looks very casual most of the time. And then as he's standing in the water, the the titular ripples start spreading out from his legs. Which look quite magical and rather bizarre. I've never seen water do that. The ripples are unnatural. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was sub versus dub. The same line, I think. Yeah. So he punches this frog. He goes to punch... I love how he goes to punch the frog. And, like, I love it in the shot where he's looming over the frog with his fist and he's glowing with, like, DBZ aura energy yeah. and the frog is just sitting there in the foreground. <laughs> it's just like... <sighs> yeah. But, like, Jojo and Eren are like, he's going to punch that frog! Leave that frog alone! Oh, no! The frog didn't do anything to you! And then he, like, touches the frog. Like, not even it's squishes like it. It's like motion. Yeah. Though. But he doesn't even, like, squish it. And then the ripple goes through the frog into the rock. The rock splits in two. And the frog dumbly falls. And then sort of, like, lazily hops away. It is the chillest frog I've ever seen. It's so good. Dude does not give a fuck what you're doing around him. No wonder he's extinct. (laughs) Wait, what do you mean? Frogs aren't extinct. Oh, is that frog extinct? No, I'm just messing around. Uh, Unless it is extinct. In which case, you just made a very poor taste during (laughs) him. After explaining Hamon briefly, um, Zapelli reveals that Dio is still alive. Gasp, <gasps> we already knew this. Jojo is now aware. Yeah. And that he's on a quest to destroy the stone mask because it killed his father. And like 58 crew members. Yeah. But one of them... So Zapelli was on a archaeological expedition to Aztec ruins. And in the ruins, they found the stone mask. Ooh. And then I guess they did some archaeology there and they were bringing the mask back. Some guy found the mask and put it on. Yeah, I, I guess he must have cut himself shaving or something. Yeah. Now, the thing is, or... he looks very weird when um, he puts on the mask. He doesn't look like a vampire in most of the shots. Okay. I mean, there was a lot of, like, silhouetting going on. Yeah, because they, um, they have a few shots where it's like he killed everyone and then it has, like, a still shot of someone dying. But, like, he doesn't look like a vampire. He just sort of... Is a dude? Yeah, he looks like a really strong buff dude, which seems very odd to me. The guy is rampaging through the ship and kills all 58 crew members, except for Zapelli, who, I think, paralleling the way Dio tried to escape from his vampire, he jumps into the water and swims away, and is successful in reaching the water, unlike Dio. However, the vampire gives chase, and Sunrises. is upon him, and as the sun rises and destroys him, Zapelli sees that the man was his own father. <gasps> God. God. And then Zapelli says that the ship drifted away with the mask on it and he lost track of it. So I guess he just swam home or something? Yeah, that seems pretty likely. I think he just floated. He just floated back. Like, yeah, like, probably like a trade route or something. That's when he learnt to breathe really well. Apparently the way they would do a lot of the navigation across seas in, you know, ship travelling times. And this is part of the reason why it was so easy for pirates to like lay in wait for people. Is you would, when you left port, you would sail to the latitude of your destination and then just go across right. east or west. Yeah, that's smart. I guess it's easier to keep track of things that way and you stay yeah. close, closer to the coast for longer. Yeah, and that way you just need like one compass and you're just like, cool, it's still pointing north. Very good. Don't know much about navigation. <laughs> so we also learned that vampires, unlike Dracula, can cross running, running water. Or the ocean. Ooh, good point. Never really comes up again, but just thought I'd mention it. Yeah, they're waterproof beasts. <laughs> Those cunning vamps. Oh, I think before this we also had a scene where Dio was like squeezing a woman's face and her eye pops out. Yeah, and then he feeds her to Jack the Ripper. Yeah, and also we see that most of his burns have healed by this point. I think he still yeah. has like one on the small of his back. He's still like, ooh, but... He's getting there. That was descriptive of him. He's eating to make himself better. I mean, most people would, but as a vampire, he's eating humans. Jojo is like, Baron Zapelli, you must train me in the way of the the ripple so I can defeat my 
evil half-brother Dio. Step-brother. Yeah, half-step, it's all the same. And Zapelli's like, I'm, you don't have a choice in the matter, because Dio's definitely coming to kill you. Laughs and ruffles his hair. <laughs> that was a very awkward laugh as well. <laughs> ruffles hair of man who is like a foot taller than me. And who is clearly traumatised by what he just said. Yep. But as we all know, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure doesn't pull any punches. So we get a brief training sequence. A sweet montage. Yeah, no real good montage music though. I think we got some narration, but I wasn't really paying attention to it. Yeah, it was like, and so the way of the ripple was taught to breathe and control your breathing. We see him like standing on a pile of rocks, holding like two more rocks on ropes in each arm. My God. Balancing. Forbearing. I guess it's good to also have general body strength. I mean, body strength would help in punishment. I guess like the idea is that you want to be able to do physical exertion, not lose control of your breathing. Yeah, yeah. And then there's that one bit where he's in the water... They're both standing in the river? Yeah. And, like, he throws some coins? Oh, the rock. They were pebbles. Yeah, he throws pebbles in. He's explaining the way the, yeah, the, the ripple works, way. which we sort of went over before. And then Jojo's beautiful. That's like fighting fire with fire! Yeah, so I think if I'm interpreti- interpreting what I am what I read and heard right, mm. the way it destroys vampires is that they feed off life energy and the ripple creates life energy. So you give them too much at once and they essentially explode. Yep, they they just explode. They burn up because you're giving them the power. But then it's also the same wavelength as the light of the sun. Yeah. So So that's why they burn up. But, I mean, they just explode. Yeah. Either or. Both are good strategies for killing um, sweet vampires. Yep, is when the zoom punch happens. They're standing in the river. Jojo's wearing, like, combat boots and, like, his sweater vest tank top. But Zapelli, this is the second time he's done this, is still just wearing his suit trousers and he's just standing in the river. Well, you know, he's a very, you know, capable man. He could ripple the water around him. Oh, that'd be so good for dry cleaning because yeah. it manipulates water so well. <laughs> so he's probably just, like, got a small vacuum around his foot or something, making sure that it doesn't rise or something. I don't know. <laughs> rise? It doesn't wet him. Okay. Uh, after the training sequence, Speedwagon runs up and then the is like, Oi, I found something! Of course. It reminds me of that episode of The Simpsons where it's like, I'm taking this right to the Prime Minister. <laughs> Oi, Andy! <laughs> Andy! <laughs> He's just lying in like the pot. In a tube in the... Um, so he finds out that Dio has taken up refuge in a town called Wind Knight's Lot. Yeah. Wind Knight's, I think it might just be in the subtitles. And Knight's is with a K, isn't it? Yes. The Knights of Wind. Ooh. Not in this show. They sound like a Dark Souls boss, though. They do, don't they? The Wind Knight's Lot. You will die. <laughs> I think I think this is roughly when the Wang Chung encounter happens too. On his way there, he encounters. Or like shortly before they leave, I think, perhaps right. during the training. Okay. Okay. Jojo puts on his best sweater vest, baseball cap, and fingerless gloves because he's ready for action. Yeah, I was gonna say the cap is a bit odd because he's like, like a sort of 18th century fuckboy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit odd. He knows what he wants though. Yeah. It's like he just sort of saw saw into the the future exactly a hundred years and it's like, oh, fashion. Alright, I'm gonna go get some tailored clothes made. It's like the perfect 80s, 1800s guy. As they're, as they're in the carriage, Jojo reminisces that he left without saying goodbye because he doesn't want Arena to know what's going on. Ooh. Oh, that's right, when they first met Zapelli, and they were talking about Dio and the mask, Arena is like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, we also brushed over that moment where when Jojo was learning about Dio from Zapelli, just before Arena is like, what's going on? He grabs this branch and he oh, demonstrates like his innate hemon. In, not ability, but like... His innate ripple potential mm. by um, holding onto this branch and without even realising it, he uses the residual energy that healed his arm to make all the flowers bloom. Incredible. Utterly stunning. They're not very big flowers, mind you, but they're flowers nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, it's just a shitty branch. Yeah. 
It's just a dead tree. Like, yeah, dead just dead restoring tree. life to dead plants. Like, no big deal. Whatever. Can't even heal his own arm. I mean, he can. Yeah, true. But... Cannon did. He lift yeah. his rock now. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, as they're going through this tunnel. Yeah. They just stop. Well, yeah, the, the carriage suddenly stops. Dun dun dun. What's going on? I think Speedwagon says something. What does he say? I know that he checks on the driver, but in the dub, he must say something. Nothing that I found worth noting down. He goes out and takes a look at the driver and is like, what's going on? And the driver is in a bit of a state. (laughs) He's got knives all up in him and a horse head. Where his head should be. Dun, dun, dun. The two horses that were pulling their cart have been decaffeinated. Ooh, brutal. Yep. Utterly brutal. And then things go from bad to worse. In the anti-Godfather fashion. Jack the Ripper's inside one of the horses. I mean, that's sort of anti-Godfather. Instead of putting a horse head in your bed, you just... Have a kip in a horse. Yeah, you just wake up in a horse. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he killed the horses, and then I guess, like, climbed into the neck to hide and ambush them. Which, I mean, I have to question why he did But also, that. the horses are still standing, so I don't know what's going on there. It all must have happened very quickly. Yes. But, like, he just sort of... You have to ask, like, why did you get into the horse? Shock factor, I guess. Sure, but why? Cockney Speedwagon says, Good lord, this one's mad as a hatter. Dio's evil, yeah, but I ain't seen him jump out of any animals yet. Yeah, true. Yep. He's Uh, more cruel and twisted than Dio. Jack's there, he has his knife, he's menacing them. He, in the dub, he speaks like an uruk. He's like, oh, you lads is both white as a sheet. All the blood is drained from your faces. Maybe I should cut off those useless heads of yours and watch it spray out your necks. (laughs) Oh, I need to watch these dubs, man. He flexes and all these knives come out of his body. They don't, like, immediately come out, though. They're just sort of, like... Yeah, they are. They're, like, Protruding from his body. Yeah, in, like, these weird bulbous, like, bulbs. Yep. Yep. Bulbous bulbs. Bulbous bulbs. Bulbous saw. And then he shoots them at them. Yeah. In the most amazing way. First, Zapelli draws himself... uh, Pours himself a glass of wine. Oh, true. Is this uh, before the... No, this is it, yeah. Yeah, so he, like... He gets his his, his his yeah his pinky finger that he uses to to punch things, and he stabs it through the bottom of the wine bottle. Yeah, to make a small hole that he pours the wine from. Bottles already have a part that does that. Yeah, it's and like... also I assume there was only one glass left in the wine bottle, or he just wasted a lot of wine. Yeah, it's just like why? Okay, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's brilliant, but at the same time, what? So for the whole sequence until we bring it up again, he's holding this bottle, this glass of wine. And uh, he's like, Jojo, you need to think about what your enemy is going to do. For example, I think in this situation, Jack the Ripper will probably destroy the tunnel so that we can not escape. And then he destroys the tunnel so they cannot escape. Zapelli saw it coming and didn't do anything. Whoa! (laughs) Training. Some bad shit's probably going to go down in wind nights. Maybe if he had stopped him, they could have evacuated people or something. (laughs) Yeah, he, uh, he just sort of let that happen. But then... Old Jack the Ripper fires his knives at him. Yeah, but Zapelli counterattacks by spitting the aforementioned Hammond-infused wine back at him. My God. Now, see, the thing is... Ripple cutter, they call it. Yeah, the ripple cutter. The thing is, Jack the Ripper doesn't just throw knives. He, like, poses. Yeah, he poses. He puts his arms above his head and sort of flexes all of his upper body muscles. Like a body trainer or something. A sweet muscle pose. It's that one bodybuilder pose where you clasp your hands together above your head. I assume you're probably flexing your pecs or something. Yeah, and you just sort of lean slightly to one side and you're like, look at how trim I am. That fires all these knives. And I'm like, oh, this show. This freaking show. So then Zapelli starts talking and he talks for a while here. He goes on this big diatribe about how zombies and vampires are like fleas. And fleas don't have courage, even though they feed on things much bigger than them because they're just driven by hunger and base animal instinct. And by becoming a vampire, you you cast away your right to have courage. But 
if you're a ripple warrior, you need to have courage and you need to maintain a level head so you can maintain your breathing. Yeah, you need to embrace your fear so that you understand your fear and you can overcome it. And then he jumps into the air and knees Jack the Ripper in the head in a technique that I think is misnamed Sendo Wave Kick. (laughs) It's more of a knee than a kick, but at the same time, it's a good knee. That freaks Jack the Ripper out and hurts him, but doesn't destroy him because... He's a vampire. Yeah, well... I mean, he's attacking him with one force that can destroy him. Yeah. He leaps into the roof of the, the tunnel and grabs, like, a switch. That opens a mysterious other tunnel. Yeah, so there are, like, these catacombs in the tunnel, and he escapes into the catacombs. I guess they could just leave now if they wanted to. <laughs> but um, even though he was like, I'll kill you in these catacombs, mate. But Zavelli's like, we have to destroy him. Which makes sense, I guess, because Jack the Ripper was already a pretty bad serial killer before he was immortal. Yeah, and now he's a vampire that just wants to eat people instead of just murder them. Yeah. Which is fine, but, you know. So... Zapelli gives Jonathan his ultimatum, which I guess in the manga, when he's already fought Wang Chung, this is more of like the final test before you are ready or something. But in this, it's just, we've done a training montage, now do this or you're out. So Zapelli throws him the glass of wine and is like, okay, you need to go into those catacombs and kill Jack the Ripper. But if you spill even a drop of that wine, I am done with you, you piece of shit. <laughs> you are dead to me. You will not be good enough to defeat Dio if you spill any of that wine. Which... In one way seems fair, but in the other way, what the literal fuck? Yeah. So the metaphor that he uses is that... Oh, so many metaphors. The Vikings didn't exist until the cold Arctic winds of Norway created them. Which makes sense. The idea is that... Challenges breathe opportunities. Yeah, confronting hardship and adversity creates opportunities to gain strength. So by telling him, don't spill the wine, it makes a difficulty for him to overcome... But, I mean, murdering Jack the Ripper as an immortal vampire is also a pretty big achievement. He's just a zombie. Jonathan killed one of those last episode with a a spear. True, true, it's fine, yeah. It's also worth mentioning that in the dub, Zapelli exclusively refers to the wine as vino. Vino? Yeah, like, Italian for wine, because he's Italian. Oh! And he also, like, calls them Signore Joestar and Signorina Pendleton, which is, I think it's a nice touch. Why don't they do that in the anime? I mean, in the anime dub they did. Oh, in the dub. Yeah. I just thought he was another, like, English guy. I wasn't really paying attention to the audio a great deal, but it's possible that they had him using, like, some gratuitous English. And this was a way of replicating that. It just seems like, if he's Italian, there's no mention of that in the sub so far. I haven't... I didn't know that he was Italian at all. Okay, yeah, um... I guess it's more obvious in the dub with the use of Italian words, and it it comes up later. I'm not sure if it's in this part, though. Okay, alright. Jojo goes into the catacombs with the torch. Damn fool. He's like, I'm gonna maintain my breathing. Oh shit, I'm holding this torch. He can see exactly where I am. With the greatest attack maneuver from Jack the Ripper ever. He sort of flies past on this... I don't even know what to call it. It's a giant pincer thing. Yeah, imagine like a hair clip, but instead of like the plastic teeth of a hair clip, it's just like big metal blades. And instead of it being the size of a hair clip, it's like the size of two people. Yeah. And it's like an Iron Maiden just thing, right? So he like grazes Jojo with that and then goes and hides behind a corner. And it's just like, what the fuck? Where did that even come from, for a start? I guess he probably hit it in there before. It's just this giant knife thing. It's so bizarre. So bizarre. I love it so much. And he has the, yeah, sound when he, like, flies past. I would call you out on your overuse of bizarre, but I am loving your enthusiasm, to be honest. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, it is very bizarre. Like, a vampire riding a giant hair clip made of giant knives on a man who's holding a torch... In a catacomb inside a tunnel. 1880s fuckboy. So, um, 
Jonathan throws his torch away and, like, recites the lessons that Pelly taught him in the tunnel. Like, be brave, maintain your breathing, etc, etc. Don't spill the wine. And then he realises that the wine is channeling his ripple. And that by paying attention to the wine and the way it flows through the wine and through his body down into the ground, he can detect Jack the Ripper hiding behind that wall. Dun dun dun. So he basically defeats Jack the Ripper in the same way that they find out the T-Rex is coming in Jurassic Park. I was going to say he defeats him in the same way that uh, he beat the rock, or how um, Zeppeli beat the rock. By flowing through one thing to hit yeah. another. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, a good, that's a fair point. You've seen it happen with the frog, but now you just see it happen with a rock. So a couple of... Around. Basically throughout part one, when Jonathan is going to unleash his finishing blow, he gives these little inspirational monologues. <laughs> He's like, My spirit trembles, my heart is ablaze. Send O'Hamon overdrive. God damn it, Punches the wall where Jack is, and the ripple flies through the wall and explodes Jack. And he explodes. Yeah, he like bursts into molten yeah, energy. Yeah, it like melts everything about him. But like at once, so it doesn't look gross. I don't know, there's this really weird middle part. You see him go, okay, I'm gonna get him, and then it hits him, and then his face sort of contorts. That's true, yeah. Quite wildly, and you're like, okay, that's weird. And then it just sort of turns into a puddle, and you go, oh, okay, he's fucked. <laughs> Did we mention that Arena had been left behind? Yes, because he was um, despondent about that. Yes, so I hope you enjoyed there being, like, a woman in this show. Because it's going to be a while until we get another one. Oh, god damn it. Is it going to be Arena again? No. Ooh, alright, okay. It possibly could have been a better story if it was, but we'll get to that in time. Okay. I'm wondering if, like... Zeppeli is like, the North Wind has created a Viking. And we get a shot of Jonathan holding the glass of wine in, his other, in one hand with his, fist, his other fist at the wall and arrow across the screen to be continued roundabout. He has this very, like, I don't want to say pouty face, but just very... Well, he's uh, doing, like, his breathing. He's like, yeah. ha, whoo. Which brings us to the end of the episode. Woo! End credits, we get a few more... Uh, end credit sequence is basically the same, but... As more people have been introduced, more of those sort of overlays of characters in poses have appeared throughout it. Including the very, very good-looking Dio, who's wearing, like, jewellery. Yeah, which we alluded to earlier. Yeah. Which is very interesting. And Arena Pendleton. And now I know who that is again. I'm going to forget next week, but that's fine. We only need it next week. Oh, God. Highlights, lowlights. Anything leapt out to you? The highlight, without a doubt, is that motherfucking frog. (laughs) All right. That chill dude is just sitting there like, yo, that dude's about to punch me with fire. And sunlight. I'm just going to sit here because this is my rock. And the rock snaps in too. He's like, oh well. Well, Time to get another rock. Yeah, time to find a new rock. He is a chill dude. And it perfectly illustrates the point of, oh, so it can just move through things even if they're alive. It's beautiful. Low light? I suppose the only low light that I can think of would be at the start, how Speedwagon's like, he's been here for three days. And then it immediately goes to the opening credits. Yeah, that was... uh, okay. It recaps, but it was rather abrupt. I feel like at that point you may have may as well have just opened with the yeah. opening credits. You're just sitting there going, okay, okay, settle in, set... Oh, okay, opening credits. All right, that's fine. So it's a bit, like, jarring, but at the same time, yeah, it's fine. So that was the low light, which says a lot about this episode. Yeah. Uh, my highlight, I would go with Jack the River hiding inside a horse. Oh, yeah. Like, top-tier strategy. <laughs> <laughs> just a brilliant ploy, really. Point of order... If Jonathan's house burned down, where did he get new clothes from? He's a rich man. True. But He's a rich, rich also, man. Also, his money was probably in the, tied up in the house. Oh, Although he would have had, banks. like, lands and income. Yeah. And banks. Yeah, fair point. Low light, um, Zapelli wasting wine. What, with the Harmon Ripple? No, with the finger in the base. Ah, uh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was also a cool moment where he used the 
I'm talking about cool things in my low light. This is how good an episode it was. Yeah. He used the wine bottle to block Jack the Ripper's knife and was just yeah. like clearly monologuing the whole time. Yeah, and he's just calmly being like... Like, as the, the knife know. pierces through what remained of the base and like breaks some of the wine bottle, but it's just in there. It's like, whatever, you know, fleas don't have bravery, blah, blah, blah. So good. So, Nicholas. Oh, God. Yep. What do you think is going to happen next on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, part one, Phantom Blood? Oh, no. Okay, the Phantom Blood, you say. <laughs> All right. So I still think it's obvious now that Dio is making an army of some sort or making some sort of cabal. Uh, Good word. My favourite Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> so he's obviously making an army with which to defeat Jojo and it's obviously going to be something like, I've distracted you, Jojo, and now I can go in for the kill because you're weak and petty, <laughs> uh, much like Dio himself. But, I mean, obviously they're all going to be named after rock bands. All right. Uh, or, like, members of rock bands, or something to do with rock, I reckon. Shit, what else is gonna happen? Ario Speedwagon's gonna... Well, I mean, we've already talked about how he doesn't really come into his own until later, but, like, maybe he'll prove his worth? Maybe? Okay, interesting. I don't know. He might. This seems like the time where he'd be like, Jojo needs my help. I'll save him! And then, like, does something. Although he could just sit in the background being amazed and act as the proxy and just be like, so this is what the Ripple does. Evidently, this is how he's using the Ripple. The Ripple can be used in this way, very specifically. You're just sitting there going, okay, thanks, Arya Speedwagon, we got this. To an, I don't want to give too much away here, mm. but I think to an extent you're right on both counts, but not in the way you'd expect. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, Zapelli is going to keep being like a calm dude. Actually, you know what? I reckon Zapelli is going to do very, very little. He's just going to be in the background going, Jojo. You know what must be done. Well, that makes sense, because he's the mentor character. Yeah. So he'll just be in the back going, Jojo, you know what has to happen. I mean, I could do it for you, but I'm not gonna. But never spill any of my wine, Jojo, or I will kick your ass. Oh, I wonder if there's going to be more, like, tasks like that, or if it's going to be like, that was the final test. Well, as, as I said before, yeah, that was, like, his yeah. his test. Yeah. Well, okay, I reckon he's not going to do anything. And if he does, it's probably going to be like, Jojo, I'll take care of this one, because he's, like, on the same level now. Or something like that. We haven't had any other famous 1800s people, so... No, no. <laughs> I think that's probably done with. Okay. We're only going to have people named after rock legends. Dio's probably not going to show up for a while because he's still a little burned. He's doing, like, the um sort of end boss style yeah. routine of sending all his minions after them yeah. one by one. And he might be like, Georgia, I see you, like, just from... Brooding from his... He'll be, like, on a cliff or something, and Jojo's like, oh, he's at the top of the cliff! I need to get to the top of the cliff! And then he'll be like, bye! And then some massive doodle... Oh, he's up. Snake from The Simpsons. Yeah, exactly. So Like, Jojo, I can't believe that your dad took me in. I'm gonna take his wallet. <laughs> That's my Snake impression. That's not good. I can't believe he bye. took my wallet. That's better. Yeah. Bye! Uh, wallet yeah. inspector... <laughs> Wallet Inspector. Oh, well, here you go. Jojo Inspector. Uh, yeah, but something like that'll happen. We haven't seen Wang Chung, so he'll probably just be completely useless for a while. This seems like a solid prediction to me. Yeah. Let's 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 uh, call it for that there. Yeah. You've made some calls. So, scorecard. <laughs> how many women have we had? One. I wonder how many men we've had. I mean, it depends if you count all the cops and all the... All, yeah. All, like, the 300 guys on Ogre Street. Yeah. Okay, how many male characters? Like, named made? characters. Yeah, how many named male characters have um, we had? We've had Jojo. Like, at least a dozen, I'd say. Yeah, Jojo. Jojo, Dio. George. Speedwagon. Uh, Speedwagon. Tattoo, the other guy. Oh, yeah, Tattoo. Um, I'm going to count the other guy, too. Yeah, alright. Uh, Zapelli, uh, the butler. The constable. The constable, who also gets killed off. Yeah, so, like, nine. Oh, and the doctors. Oh, yeah, true, the doctors. Yeah. So, ten. Ten men, one woman. Well, if you include groups. <laughs> and that's not even including uh, 
the bad guys yet, so... No. Not a good ratio. It might be too many. So, we're four episodes in. Uh, we've had uh, one Viking created, <laughs> zero <laughs> drops of wine spilled, two zombies destroyed, one of which was a historical figure, and two dead horses. How many dogs have died? Two at this stage, I want to say. Dogs and horses. Ooh, equally, <laughs> equally reviled by the author. No, he loves dogs. That's why he destroys them to show that the person who does it is a bad person. Yeah, true. But at the same time, ooh, on the same level of horses so far, so... Anyway, I think that's it. Woo! Uh, if you enjoyed the show, uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. That's how you help new people find it. Or just tell a friend. If you uh, tell a friend, tell them we're the best. I'm pretty pleased with how our listener numbers are going so far. I guess with like a niche subject like this, you're not going to have broad appeal, but the people who are into it... They're into will, it. Yeah, yeah. Go for anything. I mean, I don't understand what you mean by not broad appeal. We're talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's the broadest of broad appeals. Well, it's, it's about... Lacked widespread Western yeah. acclaim up until like this anime came out. Yeah, that's true. Which was four years ago, granted. Yeah. But at the same time, it's about fabulous men doing fabulous things. It's true. Our theme music was Humoresque Remix, uh, with Humoresque by Dvorak. There we go. Close enough. Um, <laughs> that was by TPRMX. You can find his songs and stuff uh, on YouTube or linked to on our website. Delightful. Uh, and if you want to uh, give us any feedback, or we might do a mailbag segment if we get some listener correspondence, then email us at jojospodcast at gmail.com. All right, awesome. Yep, all right. Uh, good. Thanks for coming to our podcast. Uh, we expect your check in the mail for your attendance ticket. Uh, if you don't send us a check, we will not love you as We much. will retroactively make you unlisten to this. Yeah, it, well, we might just cut off their ears. I don't know. Does that work? If you cut off their ears, can they just stop Yeah, listening? then you have never heard anything retroactively. Excellent. Excellent. That's exactly what I want. See you next time on JoJo's World. Bye! Man, now I really want to play Dark Souls. Yeah, but you got to get up to that one bit where he gives it to you. Although it's not too hard if you know how to beat the Taurus Demon. Once you get the fucking jumpy trick. Ugh. It took me, like, two years to figure out that trick. Two years. The first time I played it, I was like, okay, I'm going to beat the Taurus... Like, I was playing on Kieran's PlayStation. I was like, I'm going to beat the Taurus Demon. It's going to be all good. The edge. And he was like, Nick, you lucky motherfucker. And I was like, what? It was all skill. So then, uh, when I got it on PC, I was like, how the fuck do I beat the Taurus Demon? I kept trying on the bridge. I was like, how the fuck do I do that? Fuck this shit. And then, like, six months passed, and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to try again. And I realized you could go on the top. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, cool. Once I got up there, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And you just go up top. Wait, but then he can just hit you from every angle. It comes up 10 minutes to actually jump on top of him. Like we did with the first boss. <laughs>